quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Well, it's that time of the week again. Episode number 72. Yes, guy. Welcome aboard. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Perry, how are you this week, sir? Jim, doing great. How about yourself? Very good. Uh, looking forward to our guest list. Scott McCarthy will be by very shortly. Mark Sacchino, then Ron Foxcroft, and, of course, the obligatory yes guy, no guy on the way out. Looking for an experienced real estate agent, Charles Park Managing Broker, Remax West Realty Brokerage, has 27 award-winning years of real estate experience. So looking for the highest level of knowledge, experience, and service, put Charles Park in your corner. Visit charlespark.ca or call him or text him at 647-292-8886. Servicing from Hamilton to Kingston, from Toronto to Muskoka, Charles Park will not be outworked by anybody. Introducing Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, in a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic, available now in titanium gold or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. Guest number one, at Scotty Mac Thinks, is the Twitter account. He is the co-host of The Rush, 2 to 6 on News Talk 10, 10 Monday to Friday. Scott MacArthur. Scotty, how are you, sir? I'm out for a walk, Catman, so I can't do the Macho Man voice too loud, or people are going to think I'm a little off. <laughs> I was just going to ask, on the rush, I don't imagine you could pull off the Macho Man stuff, but you can elsewhere, and we have evidence of that. Did that hurt? <laughs> you know what? It has been a while since I've done that, and so I'm just going to cross my fingers and hope that for the next 10 or 15 minutes of our chat, my voice stays strong. Um, but I'm feeling it. It's great to chat, boys. How are you? Scotty well, Mack. We're better now. I can, I can tell you that. Go ahead, Barry. <laughs> Scotty Mack, big fan of yours, longtime listener, so I wanted to know how are you enjoying your new gig? You know what? Uh, we're two weeks in, and it's absolutely fantastic. And I, I think... What really stands out for me is I've reached a point in, in my life and I consider myself fortunate. Um, and, and, and so therefore I've got a little bit of leverage in terms of prioritizing what matters. And what matters to me is the people. It's the people over everything else. And uh, that is a lesson that I have learned through time. Catman uh, and I hosted a show together more than a decade ago, and I look back on that as one of my favorite professional experiences of my life. And so that's an example to the positive. There are also examples I've had to the negative. So to come to work every single day, to be greeted with smiles, to be fully confident that we are all pulling on the same rope in the same direction with the intention of reaching the finish line together, is an absolute blast to say nothing of the different format, which uh, at this point in my career was something I was looking for. Uh, just challenge myself differently, put myself out there, uh, force myself to recalibrate. So it's been a wonderful start, and I'm I'm honestly so happy to be back working for Jeff McDonald, and to see so many familiar faces around the office. 
Scott, I think you can appreciate where I'm coming from here. I mean, after at a certain age is what I'm trying to say. You can look back on all the things you've been through and understand that it makes you who you are, and it's for the better. Um, and, and certainly, uh, the, the broadcast thing that you said with everybody in the in this going in the same direction that doesn't happen all the time. So I think you're sort of um, appreciative of where you are right now. Am I right? Without question. And uh, Jim and Perry, uh, you know, I. I was at peace uh, with whatever uh, was going to happen to me professionally um, after my previous run ended uh, at another company at the end of September, to the extent that I had actually applied to three Ontario colleges, one here in Toronto, uh, Sheridan College in Oakville, and my alma mater, Algonquin College up in Ottawa, uh, for social service work mental health and addiction work. Uh, I was prepared uh, to change careers. And if I'm being 100% honest about it, why would I lie to you? Um, I was looking forward to it. And then all of a sudden, some conversations started in February and, and an opportunity came out of those conversations that I was not expecting. And all the boxes that I personally needed uh, got checked. Um, working for someone who trusts me and whom I trust, um, you know, changing course out of sports, which is not to say that I'm never going back if I were to be welcomed back. It was just time to do something different, challenge myself in a different way. So I think, you know, when you're laid off, when you're let go, and it's never happened to you before, which was the case with me, if you have the opportunity to step back and really look at yourself. It's a humbling experience. I mean, I can feel however I feel about being let go and I can point at this person or that person or this, that, that none of that matters anymore because it's over. So what can I gain in terms of understanding of self, in terms of who I am in this moment that can make me better at whatever it is I do next. And, and so I was fortunate to go through that process. And I think the six months of me being, quote, away from the business was very beneficial to me personally. You know, a lot of people come into this business with great expectations. And then they find out it's not quite the business they thought it was. You're an example of someone who's reinvented yourself many times. And yet the one thing I would say about you and the way you're talking right now is you are very you know, authentic. So. Tell me a bit about how that means something to you in your life. Well, um, you know, I, I, for a long period of time, Perry, and I, I would say back to my adolescence, uh, for a good quarter century, I, I was not authentic with people. Um, and when you're not being authentic with others, you're certainly not being authentic with yourself. And that leads to a lot of challenges that may in a lot of ways go unseen by others. Um, you know, I can point to this, that, the other thing for some of the mental health challenges uh, that I had over different periods of time in the last decade and a half or so, but really it was about me obsessing over this secret uh, that I was holding, which is that I'm gay. And when, when you're doing that, you're not just trying to hide those three words, I am gay. You are, you are managing every single moment 
of every single day with the express intent of not giving off any kind of vibe, of not behaving in a particular way or lacking in a certain area that might suggest to someone who gets to know you well that you're not all quite what you're making yourself out to be. That's what's exhausting about it. So I shelved that. And, you know, there's some people who've said to me, and not that I obsess over Twitter DMs or anything, well, you just did this to, to try to cement a lifelong job in the industry. You know, I can't fire a gay man. That wasn't it at all. I did it primarily because once I took the veil off, I was now just living. There was nothing left for me to hide. I had exposed the core of my being, and in that, I found freedom. Now, what was interesting was that when I did that, I realized that there was a whole lot more work to do in learning about my real self. And so I continue to do that work to this day. Um, but if you, if, if, if you just come to the, talking professionally here now, if you just come to the airwaves fully authentic, nobody can hold anything over you. Nobody can, um, you know, nobody, nobody can be a threat to you. You can just bring your best every day. My opinion is such on this topic, and, and I believe it firmly, and I care about what I'm saying, and I'm not going to be compromised, and I'm also not going to hold back because I don't want to upset somebody who may think or know something about me. Like it's all of these things. All of that is gone. Authenticity interpersonally, authenticity in your professional experience is absolutely crucial to maximizing your, uh, your potential. I mean, there had to be uh, an enormous process for you to go through to, to, to reach that, to, to face. I think we all do this. You, you face yourself, right? And, and so on, on any subject, if you're not true to yourself, it, it just erodes your inner self. So, I mean, that had to be an enormous battle for you. Well, it was horrible, uh, Jim. And, and, you know, one of the things that I did was that I used my career as a shield. Now, I had used other things uh, previous uh, as a shield. I don't think that I'm alone in this behavior, but I, I smoked way too much weed from my late teens into my mid-20s. Then I sort of followed a straight and narrow path that was far too straight and narrow, and I became extremely rigid. But I was always playing the game, trying to stay one step ahead of the cat. I was the mouse and I was always trying to stay one step ahead of the cat that was my secret, right? I got to keep changing. I got to be a chameleon here. I got to keep changing uh, so, that, so that people don't know who I am. And, and I can't let anybody get too close to me. So if, if I'm getting to know somebody and they're becoming a true friend, well, if, if, if they spend enough time around me and they, for example, don't see a, a girlfriend uh, ever in my presence, they're going to start asking questions, or at least even if they're not asking questions, they're going to be thinking it. So I can't, I got to push them away. And you do that subconsciously and it comes out in your actions and you never actually form bonds that could be very meaningful with people. So I had to, and, and then when you start to live authentically, you actually have to recognize that that is a habit you have had and that you still are doing it because you're pre-wired that way, given that that's how you behaved in all of your formative years, adolescence, young adulthood. So 
so it's recognition and it's pushing through it. And honestly, I'm, you know, I have a wonderful family and uh, Jim, you've met my folks and, and I think you'll back yep. me up on that. And I just, if, yep. if I wasn't Absolutely. loved and shown my value uh, as a young person, uh, I don't know where this would have gone. So I'm really just grateful and thankful to be well and to be on the right track. In your new job on talk radio, what you're talking about right now, is this something that you would like to incorporate into your show? Because now you have a true platform in which there can be, you know, interaction between the people that are calling you and, and them being able to sort of identify with what you're talking about right now. Yeah. And I think Perry, it isn't necessarily that we sit down on our, uh, at our daily morning meeting where we, uh, do our best to lay out the template of the show, understanding breaking news and different things can occur that will change things up on the fly. But it isn't that I sit down and say, okay, so at, at, at three o'clock, we got to do 15 minutes on um, the, the tortures of my life. But I, I do believe that those contextual items can find their way off just as often, if not more organically, into a conversation uh, than, than they do when they're pre-planned. And often it comes off better because it is, it is very natural and alive in that moment. It isn't something that you've scripted out or thought about in advance. You know, we had a caller on the show on Thursday, and this was we were talking about Andrea Horvat, the Ontario New Democratic leader, one of the pillars of, of her campaign is that uh, she wants full funding of, of birth control uh, for women in this province and is pr promising it relatively quickly should she form government after the June 2nd election. And we took some calls and, and one individual, a man, said, we can't afford this. We can't keep taking money from here and money from there and throwing it into this pot. And, and, and he was getting really angry, and we went back and forth, and then he said, you know, I've got really expensive heart medication that I need to take or I'll die. So, so how can we be paying for birth control when we can't contribute to my heart medication? This is costly for me just to live. And our response was, your heart medication should be covered too. And like on the spot, we changed his thinking, um, you know, so it's just we all have pressures. We all have, quote, stuff going on in our lives. And when we're scared or when we're desperate or when we're fearful, we're far more likely to be reactive and we're far more likely to get upset very quickly. We stop thinking logically and critically about things and we just sort of deflect or, or, or ramp up. And if I yell louder than you, um, then I, that must mean I'm winning the argument. And so I think that that's what we're also trying to bring. It's just, hey, we're two people, Reshmi, Nair, and me. We're just two people living in this city, living our lives with our own sets of challenges, just like you. Let's talk about them. And we've been able to have some pretty good organic conversations so far. We're only two weeks in. Scott, I, I wish we had more time, which means uh, we'll have you back. I really appreciate uh, reconnecting with you. And, you know, I always consider you a, a really good friend. And, and thanks for stopping by. And I'm just going to leave you with this, a reminder that the Tatman is now streaming on Crave. 
Yeah. Can't imagine that. Uh, can't imagine the ratings for that are going to be anywhere but near the top. Yeah. Does the Tat Man have a logo? Does he wear a cape? Does it? You know, it rhymes with Batman. Oh, there's a guy up the street, Jim, who just turned around and looked back at me. So maybe the voice is carrying a little too much. It's a loss, just like at WrestleMania 5, the Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mega powers explode. Hey, Perry, if you're sitting there wondering what's going on. <laughs> Scotty, thanks very much. Appreciate it. In 2011 and 2012. Thanks, guys. Okay. <laughs> Scott MacArthur, co-host of the Rush 2 to 6 News Talk 1010, Monday to Friday. Uh, we can leave on this note. If you are an experienced real estate agent looking for comprehensive value and a distinct advantage, contact Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX West Realty Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. For a confidential interview, call Charles at 647-292-8886 or email charles at remaxwest.net. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, the radio show, Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 877 734-3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. With 31 years of experience, Herb will, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Now, we're going to talk golf. Mark Sacchino from Golf Talk Canada, PGA Tour Radio is here. Marco, how are you? I'm good, James. I'm good. Uh, in uh, Halfway into this, or getting ready to get halfway into the Surah Classic, uh, I'm on the call this week, and we finally got a 59 yesterday. I, I was shocked to find out that that was the first ever 59 ever shot in this format. You figure a team event with uh, all these, uh, you know, some really big names in the field, you figured, hey, we would have had a 59, uh, and yesterday was the first one. Did you think that we would be sitting here going back to Tiger's accident and, and, you know, all the time that has passed, but it's not that much really that we'd know more about Tiger than Phil. <laughs> I know, like, what if you odds? like, well, what if, what if a few weeks ago I had to say, uh, what I've said to you two months ago, okay, guys, Tiger's going to play the masters and he's going to play four rounds of golf and Phil Mickelson's not going to be there. Like you would have said I was crazy and that's exactly what happened. And, <laughs> And now we really don't know, you know, we certainly know more about Tiger than we know, know about Phil. That That's for sure. Um, I'm not so sure we know much about either of them when it comes to the PGA Championship in a few weeks. Um, and I was trying to rack my brain and, you know, I can't tell you the last time that someone has not, def- uh, not defended their major title uh, as a defending champion with the exception of injury. Like, you see it happen quite often. I won't say quite often, but it has happened several, several times throughout history where someone is just physically incapable of defending their championship. Um, that This is not the case. This is, you know, does the defending PGA champion choose not to play at Southern Highlands? Like, that, that is a real possibility. Now, Phil and Tiger have both registered for the U.S. Open, but registering just means the door's open. If you don't register, then if you decide to play, you can't. 
So you have to register. So they've registered. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going. It just means that, hey, if they choose to go, they can. So, I mean, to your point, who knows uh, when we see Phil and who knows when we see Tiger again. You know, Tiger's already verbally committed to playing the Open Championship. And that's, to me, that's two things. It's one, he never, you know, he does not want to miss the last opportunity to ever play an Open Championship at the old course at St. Andrews. So that's, that's first and foremost. And that he believes that, you know, in 90 days time or so, the difference between the Masters and the Open Championship, roughly 90 to 100 days, that if his rehab continues on the trajectory that it has been on, that he'll be in a much better place physically to participate in that Open Championship. So he was comfortable verbally saying, I'm playing at St. Andrews. Other than that, let's let's blindfold ourselves and throw some darts at a calendar. You know, Mark, I've been on the Scotty Scheffler bandwagon since my buddy Andy Bencudi told me to watch out for this guy back in November. Scotty Scheffler cost me some money in the Masters when he three-putted from two feet, but <laughs> I'm just wondering, what do you think overall about the emergence of Scotty Scheffler? Well, no one anticipated what we've just seen because, you know, this is what, you know, there's only, in the last 30 years, there's only, what, maybe four or five players that have kind of gotten on any kind of run similar to this. You know, obviously Tiger did it. Uh, Phil did it for a time in, in the end of 05, beginning of 06. Uh, Vijay Singh did it. Uh, Dave Duvall did it. You might be able to make an argument that Jordan Spieth did it for a cup of coffee as well. Uh, but, you know, that that's a bit of a stretch. But really, that is it. So you, it's hard to say that, oh, I predicted this. No, no one could see this coming. But, you know, we've been saying for a while, we being in, you know, the golf community, that we were anticipating Scotty Scheffler being a prominent a player that was going to win multiple times. And the reason we were kind of anticipating this is, you know, to the casual sports fan, this looks like an overnight grand slam. Where did this guy come from? But it's literally not. I mean, he's the 2020 PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. So to be Rookie of the Year, you need to show something. In 2021, he contended in, you know, major, major golf tournaments, didn't get a victory, but was there on Sunday on big stages and then went undefeated at the Ryder Cup. And if you go undefeated in your first appearance at a Ryder cup that says a lot about, you know, who you are and what you're bringing to the table. So the natural progression for Scotty Scheffler in his third season as a PGA tour pro was to win. Um, So we were all anticipating a victory from him and for his growth to continue, but this is nuts like this four wins in 60 days, including a major, I mean, uh, wow, it's pretty special. How long can he stay on this run? Who knows? It, now we'll all have the debate. Like, is is Scotty Scheffler a good player on a great run, or is Scotty Scheffler a great player and he's arrived and get used to him as world number one? So time will tell, and we'll all be waiting to see how this kind of unfolds throughout the summer. I, I'd be very surprised, at the very least, if he didn't win again at some point this year. Uh, that's dick handling that cost Perry a few shekels. I mean, can you ever recall anybody doing something like that in a major and getting away with it? I'm just trying to think, you know, you're thinking of huge leads, Jim, like guys who just kind of came home in a parade and it's hard to kind of, you know, it's like their brain just got turned off for a moment. It's almost like Scotty Scheffler for the first time in four days got ahead of himself, right? It's like he was in the moment the yeah. entire week. 
never got ahead of himself. And then finally he realized that he won the green jacket and you saw like a complete break in concentration. It's like, wow, look at this, you know, what we're seeing. And to your point, Jim, he got away with it. It's hard to recall. I can't really recall. I know there's been times where, you know, three putts good enough to win, et cetera, you know, but off the top of my head, no, I just don't recall that just seeing that, like that a guy kind of let it go because, you know, if you recall back in 2000 when Tiger won the U.S. Open, you know, he wanted to play Sunday. And he was trying to win that golf tournament by 15 shots. And he won, he won that U.S. Open by 15 shots. And to this day, I will say that is the greatest single performance by any human being in the game of golf in any generation, man, female, etc. No one has ever played the game better than Tiger did for four days at Pebble Beach. And he had this crazy, crazy lead on Sunday, ended up winning by 15. And he said to Steve Williams that day, his caddy said, my goal today is just to go bogey-free. To go bogey-free at a U.S. Open, just to even have that kind of mindset is crazy. And on the 16th hole, you know, he was winning by like 15 shots. And he poured in, I believe it was like a 15 or 16-footer on the 16th hole for par. And he gave it a fist pump. This is a guy, this, this tournament was over hours ago, this <laughs> fist pumping, you know, a par save. But that shows where, like, how hard, how strong his mind was and the focus still to bring this round of golf home bogey-free because that was the goal today. And I think uh, what you saw with Scotty Scheffler was the complete opposite. This guy that was pretty focused in the moment, one shot at a time, the old cliche for four days until he got to that 18th green. <laughs> And then a total, oh my God, I just won the green jacket moment. And all of a sudden he turns, he turns into Builder Lego with a golf club in his hand. <laughs> you were in Augusta, so I, you probably didn't hear the loudest F-bomb coming from Mississauga when I went from winning 600 bucks <laughs> to 200 bucks. But I wanted to ask you more seriously, how much has the effect of his caddy, who used to be the caddy for Bubba, really impacted Scott and, and maybe even settled him down in that moment? Well, I think a veteran caddy is huge. And Ted Scott, you know, dealing with Bubba Watson, first off, you've won two green jackets. So you know your way around Augusta. But also, you know, Bubba Watson should have a team of people around him in, in white coats and, and, and clipboards at all times. So the fact that Ted Scott has been able to – you know, manage Bubba Watson for, you know, the majority of his career, the majority of his, his major success. Anytime Bubba, you know, won something on a big stage, Ted Scott was the guy managing that very difficult personality around a golf course. So, I mean, if, if Ted Scott can manage Bubba Watson to success and be a part of that team, I mean, he would help anyone. So you've got to think, uh, and Scotty Scheffler mentioned it in his uh, in the Green Jacket ceremony. He thanked Ted. He said, "I just basically followed Ted around all day." And you know, to your point, it kind of opens up the door for the conversation with other players, and maybe why they're not doing as much as they should. And the one that comes to mind is is Rory McIlroy with Harry Diamond on the back. With all due respect to Harry Diamond, who has shown that he's a pretty good caddy. Uh, but at the end of the day, he is, you know, he was one of Rory's best friends. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's pretty easy to pinpoint what the weakest part of Rory McIlroy's game is. And it's got nothing to do with the way he swings a golf club. It's the six inches between the ears and his, and his emotional stability and strength at tournaments that he wants to win. And that's why he has such a hard time getting out of the gates in golf tournaments. He plays tight. 
he plays uh, like a different human being. And, you know, it almost like it almost feels like he needs a therapist on the bag, not a caddy. And, and you would wonder and you would start to question how different Rory's record would be in the past five or six years if he had a guy like a Ted Scott on the bag, like a Bones on the bag, like a Steve Williams, somebody like that uh, who is really part of the team. You, you know, it's 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 a pretty easy thing to question. You know, it's, Rory has not won a major, guys, in eight years, 2014, yet he keeps doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So, um, and right now, Scotty Scheffler, the only difference between Scotty Scheffler in 2022 and 21 and 20 is that he's got more experience under his belt and he's got a new man on his golf bag, a veteran caddy. Those are the two things that are different in Scotty Scheffler, and all of a sudden he's world number one. Marco, thanks very much for your time. I'd like to have you back in a couple of weeks talking about new golf products. I, I know that that'd be an interesting conversation. Let's do it, guys. Have a great weekend. Okay, thank you. That's Mark Sacchino, Golf Talk Canada, PGA Tour Radio. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, please contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, BraleyAdvisors.com. He's got 31 years of experience, and Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Be prepared on the ice with the Fox 40 hockey products like the Fox 40 Call and Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox40Shop.com. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, the radio show. Jim Taddy and Perry Lefko with you. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Stay safe and stay heard with the Fox 40 electronic whistle producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. The electronic whistle is perfect to bring along for any outdoor activity. Don't forget to use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. And from Fox 40 headquarters, the chair, the founder, the CEO of Fox 40, Order of Canada recipient and chair of Fluke Transport, Ron Foxcroft and sponsor of YESGUY is with us now. Mr. Foxcroft, how are you today, sir? We are doing terrific, and ever since we sponsored Yes Guy with you and Perry, things have exploded in business. So you must have a huge audience, Jim. <laughs> what do you? What do you? Uh, this is a, just uh, the ultimate question for you. What are you working on? What's your latest project that you can talk about? You know, we have a lot of projects. You know, when when we did the whistle, uh, it's now thirty-five years. Our engineer said to me, Ron. We've done the best peeless whistle in the entire world, but you got to dedicate your life to making it better. So that's exactly what we're doing. You know, uh, uh, Jim and Perry, since the uh, pandemic, there's been a tremendous interest in our electronic whistle, which obviously you don't have to put in your in your mouth. And, and that's a big thing during the pandemic. So we've we've uh, got the the first electronic software electronic whistle sales are are excellent in it there's a there's a lot of interest and i guess if there is a silver lining in a pandemic i know that's hard to say because we're all tired of this 
uh, two years plus pandemic, uh, it's it's developed a lot of interest in us making the uh, electronic whistle better, more productive, and uh, reaching that point of excellence. So we've we've kept our promise 35 years ago. We're always making our products better. As Ron Joyce at Tim Hortons used to tell me, good is not good enough. Well, Ron, I want to let you know that I'm going to break uh, some breaking news here that Lucas Meyer and I are going on the road to do a Ron Foxcroft tribute night. And we're going to be doing imitations of you for at least 60 minutes. So that's the impact you've had on my life. But I also wanted to ask you about in the NCAA Final Four, you were down there and there was something very special that happened to you. So tell us about it. Absolutely. You know, the um, for your listeners that haven't been to the Final Four, I, I know it's a hard ticket, it's a lottery ticket, but it, it reminds your uh, your listeners, it's, it's very similar to a Grey Cup festival. The city that it's in is, is in a party mood, and in this case, uh, the Final Four was in New Orleans, which is perfect because they have excellent public transit, all the hotels are within a mile or so of the stadium. And and you know what? Cities can learn from this. Put a stadium, put a football stadium, put an arena downtown near all the hotels so that you can attract festivals which bring a tremendous economic benefit to whatever city it's in. In this case, it was New Orleans. It was an amazing uh, uh, festival. And they, they celebrated the NCAA and the American Cancer Society celebrated our Pink Whistle campaign, which uh, benefits breast cancer. And since 2007, it's um, it's raised $2.4 million for the research on breast cancer. And, and even though we're in a pandemic, there's other disorders that we shouldn't forget about that need our attention. So we had a wonderful lunch to celebrate uh, the, the money raised for breast cancer with the Pink Whistle campaign. And it was extra extra special for me because uh, there's a trade show associated with the Final Four. My son, Ronnie, works the show with me, and he was able to leave our booth and attend this wonderful luncheon celebration. So that made it extra special for me as well, Perry. Thank you. I have to ask this question because, you know, doing Raptor games and, you know, there, there's always somebody who comes into town and, and gets this. And, and I'm looking for the Raptors version of the friendly whistle. Is is that in protocol yet? <laughs> the friendly whistle. I got to be careful <laughs> how I comment on that because I always hear these comments about hometown crowds and hometown refereeing. Jim, you know, Perry, when I refereed, there can be 18,000 people screaming at me, and honestly, um, and your listeners will probably be surprised when I say this, it had no effect on me whatsoever. We were there. Uh, nobody really liked us. 50% of the calls you make are disliked by 50% of the people. And, you know, I laugh. I get a lot of emails saying, you know, there's hometown refs and uh, referees don't like Canadians and, and so on and so on in, in uh, NBA. But really and truly, I think hometown crowds benefit 
the players. I think that the hometown crowds get the the players get it it gets the juices going, it gets their enthusiasm going. I I really think hometown crowds are important to players to help them get the energy level up. In terms of officiating, I can honestly tell you that I could go out there and I didn't even notice or hear or see a crowd knowing 50% of the crowd don't like the call you're making. <laughs> so I I do chuckle and you know, you know Jim, your listeners are going to disagree with me and and you know, if there's if there's a call against the Raptors, if there's a call against the Maple Leafs, if there's a call against the Tiger Cats or the Blue Jays, they're always saying the refs are homers and and they're they're going against the team. Uh Honestly, it's a bunch of bunk. We don't get affected. <laughs> and and you'll probably disagree with me on this and many of your listeners. But listen, there's one thing, Jim. I, I got to give your listeners some homework. And I've checked this question with Perry Lefko, foremost authority on Canadian football. I want to ask your listeners to give me the answer to why we give one yard between the defense and the offense on a CFL game. In American football, and I prefer prefer CFL football over American NCAA and so on, although I watch it you know, and love it, why does the defense in the Canadian Football League have to give one yard as opposed to just not violating over beyond the neutral zone? Can I ask your listeners to provide us with the answer. How did it get started? Why do we give one yard compared to just not violating into the neutral zone? Is that uh, allowed on this show, Jim? You're the commissioner. Yeah, oh, sure, absolutely. I mean, because Canadians are nice, that's why. They are Go polite. ahead, Perry. Perry, yeah. I've, I've asked you, have you done any research on this? Because you're an authority on the Canadian Football League. When you covered it all the time, Nobody covered it better than Perry Lefko, Commissioner Jim. Well, all I, got, all I have to say about this, this is the most moronic rule in the history of the CFL because every time it's, you know, third and one from the, from the one-yard line, it's always offside because somebody's pinky goes over it. Yeah. I, wish they, I wish they would just have, just like in the NFL, it's no disrespect to the CFL, just make it, they're all on the line together. There's no separation because, frankly, the Americans coming in have to adapt to it, and all it does is cause needless penalties. It stops the game. It interferes the game. And I wish at some point the Canadian Football League would just eliminate the one-yard line between the offense, offensive line and defensive line. That's my Thank speech. You, That's my I'm soliloquy, not okay? Uh, I, I'm not criticizing the CFL, but you're right, Perry. On third and one – Somebody has their pinky over the line, and now you force the referee to make a judgment call. That could be taken away if they just make it, uh, you know, if you violate uh, into the neutral zone, you're offside. It's a very, very simple call. But I I have been unable to, and I have a lot of friends in the CFL, I, I have been unable to find out the history of why we have we have to give the uh, the one yard between the defense and the offense. 
We're going to leave it at that. I think it's just because we're too nice and we want to be polite, but that's not football. But Foxy, unfortunately, we've got to cut this short because our other guests went long, but we'll have you back and always appreciate your support. Yes, guy, couldn't be yes, guy without Ron Foxcroft. Keep doing a great job, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact him on Twitter at MTGDean or give him a call at 416-885-1761. And while we're at it, master your game strategy with Fox 40 Coaching Boards, available for basketball, hockey, and football. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to Fox 40 This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Yes Guy, no guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the officially sanctioned Yes Guy radio show edition of Yes Guy, No Guy. What could be more official? Go ahead, sir. That interview with Scotty Mack was impressive uh, just because of his honesty and his integrity. Oh, absolutely, yes, guy. And that's what makes Scotty who he is. Uh, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My favorite co-host, uh, you know, all due respect to everybody I've ever worked with, but we had a lot of fun doing that show. And uh, the fact that he's doing, uh, you know, stuff on, on News Talk is no surprise to me because he could really piece a, a story together well. So he's a good fit. So it's the rush, 2 to 6, News Talk, 10, 10, Monday to Friday. Absolutely. How about you, guy? I've always admired him before. I admire him every time. Just he's, he's great at what he does. And like I said, I really appreciate his integrity and his courage. Yes, guy. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yes, guy, no guy. A first-round playoff exit doesn't always ruin a good season. No, guy. If you're referring to the Leafs and they get bounced in the first round, whatever happened in the regular season does not matter. I mean... They have to win that first round. I don't care if they get a million points and Austin Matthews wins every award. Either they get through that first round or they don't. That's a definitive no guy. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, sir. John Daly and his son doing a, an endorsement with Hooties or Hooters just kind of makes your head shake. Uh, I'm going to say yes, guy, and uh, no explanation really required. Uh, yes, guy, no guy. Keith Hampshire should redo the, the words to OK Blue Jays. He should update them. No guy. You don't have to. Uh, it's fine as it is. I thought you were going to ask me you should do the first cut as the deepest because that's what I'm feeling after the Scotty, uh, Scotty Too Hottie blew my money in the Masters, okay? Yeah, okay, guy. Go ahead, sir. Okay. The NHL is just dragging on right now. You just can't wait for the playoffs. Oh, an emphatic yes guy. In fact, that steals my next yes guy, no guy, which was the final week of the NHL season is completely boring. Absolutely yes guy, because you go into this limbo schedule where people are trying not to get hurt and and sort of uh, going through the motions, and, and that's not what the sport is all about. So that's an emphatic yes guy. How about this one? This will be, yes guy, no guy, this will be the most watched Blue Jays season from start to finish ever. Definitive yes, guy. There's always there's interest in this team, yeah. and hopefully it stays that way the whole year. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have time for one more. Go ahead, sir. It still feels like winter. 
Well, it depends on the day, guys. So, so let's let's end on that. Uh, better weather is on the way. So we'll end on that. Hope everybody enjoyed episode number 72. I want to thank our guests, Scott MacArthur, Mark Sacchino, and Ron Foxcroft, and you for stopping by. And I hope you come back next week for episode number 73 of Yes Guy on TSN 1050.